Welcome to the Embracing Brokenness podcast, where our goal is to engage with all of those willing to venture deeper into their transformational journey with Christ. Here are your hosts and the co-founders of Embracing Brokenness Ministries, Steve and Colleen Adams. Welcome everybody back again with the second in a two-part series that uh, we began last time around called The 10-Stop Transformational Journey. Now this was based on a study that was done by George Barna and I would encourage you to go back and take a look or listen in on the last podcast, but you can also find it on our website at embracingbrokenness.org. And what George Barna said in this study as he looked back at a six-year journey where he interviewed over 15,000 people to come up with this, his findings were pretty surprising in many ways. And he wrote a book called Maximum Faith, Live Like Jesus. And I, I want to quote just this one thing. The transformation journey has 10 stops en route to wholeness and freedom. Most Americans, according to the research, never get beyond stop three, awareness and concern about sin and its effects, but not cooperating with Christ to alleviate that problem. Among those who become born again Christians, quote unquote, most never move past stop five. In other words, having invited Christ to be their savior and then engaging and a lot of religious activity. And that's the place where I want to pick it up again this week. And what I did, uh, as I promised, is I invited Colleen into the studio this week. For the first time, actually, we've had her on a podcast, so I'm pretty excited. My ministry partner and my wife, Colleen, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us. And this was an interesting topic because it has so much to do with Embracing Brokenness Ministries and what we're all about. And I would just love for you to kind of pick up where I left off and have a conversation about at least your perspective on this 10-stop journey. Now, we've taught a lot about it. We've talked a lot about it. We've written about it. So what are your thoughts? Give me some of the things that you think are highlights that we ought to really be digging into when we talk about this journey. Well, thanks to everyone for just even listening in. Um, And I love that you brought us to stop five because I want to tell you a little bit of a story um, about being a stop fiver and how it consumed a lot of my life and almost destroyed my relationship with God. Um, Amazing to have the hindsight to find a study that goes back and shows my journey uh, according to these stops. And so I wanna make this real um, for many of you. The other thing, if you go to our website and you look under the Barna Research, you're gonna see a visual that I am talking through today. And what that visual does, it lays out the 10 stops in a visual uh, representation. If it's easier for you to look at uh, the visual, it definitely is for me, I'm a visual learner, may be helpful for you. Um, And Steve has laid out kind of the percentages of people that make to each stop. But I also overlaid the 10 stops with two things that are very, very important to us and just our understanding of how people move in relationship to God and move to transformation. And two of those things um, have to do with the stages of spiritual formation. So just like children going through physical development, there are stages, most people don't come from the womb and start walking and running right away. They usually have to 
build up their strength to be able to roll over and then eventually crawl and then eventually walk and then eventually run. Well, the same thing is true um, with the phases of the spiritual journey. And again, overlaying them, and I'm going to bring them into my story a little bit, you're going to hear what those developmental stages are. Hopefully you can identify some of the places you've struggled or where you're at. And again, this is not to turn into a works thing about saying, I am a stop 10, I'm doing great. It's about identifying just how we flow through the Lord. And I think I, back in my late 20s, early 30s, which is where I wanna begin my story, would have told you that I had arrived, I was walking in stop nine or 10. But what I realized was I was doing all the synthetic things to look like um, a stop nine or 10 person and the reality I was stuck in stop five. Uh, the second thing I wanna tell you about is just a little bit about what happens in terms of an awakening in the Holy Spirit as God starts to reveal the wounds on the inside of us that need to be healed. Um, and again, I had come from a upbringing where we didn't necessarily need to look at the past we didn't need to look at those wounds in fact i grew up in a home where psychology was psycho heresy you never needed to look back and so as a result i realized in my journey that the holy spirit has a whole different idea of leaving us sit without addressing some of those wounds on the inside that change our ability to see god clearly to see ourselves clearly and to see others clearly, which is interesting that if we cannot do those things, we actually work against the great commandments of love God, all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself, which means you have to love yourself. You have to accept God's love for you and walk in your true self and be able to pass that on to your neighbors. And even more importantly, people who, when your neighbors are your enemies, um, that's kind of the highest level of that love. So if I go back to late 20s, early 30s, I had been a Christian um, since I was a young teen, gave my life to the Lord. I think I walked out, everybody would have known I was a Christian, wasn't afraid to use the word Jesus, whether it was in high school, went to a Christian college, um, not my later universities for, for post-grad work, but, um, you know, kind of did the whole Christian thing. I was read my Bible every day. I had a prayer list that I kept up with. The Lord would actually wake me up oftentimes in the middle of the night to pray for people. He'd put them on my heart. I would wake up and pray for them. I went to church. I was part of running the youth group, um, part of the prayer teams. And so I work, work, work for the Lord. And at about the age of 28, um, some things started to shift in life. And I realized that I really wasn't content. And quite frankly, God was not fulfilling the part of the bargain that I had contracted with him for. Now, that language came later when I realized that I had put God into contractual terms. But I think a lot of stop five is about the contract that we have with God. If I do these things, these faith activities, these works, you will bless my life, you will make my life good. You know, you can look at your life and kind of evaluate for yourselves, but there's some kind of contract that is underneath our work for God and what we expect to gain from God. And uh, years later, I just laughed to go, I can't even believe I would take this concept of contract and put God into it. But that was a lot about what stop five was for me. 
I went into a three-year major depression. I did break up with God for a day. Um, that didn't go well. When his spirit is removed from you, it is a horrible feeling. I asked for it back, but it didn't change the fact that I was extremely dissatisfied. I'd broken up with my fiance at the time, broke up with my family. I broke up with everyone, um, believing everything that I knew and believed was the problem. And I went into what I now recognize as stop six, a long period of spiritual discontentment. And part of that journey, my unconscious was actually breaking through. The Holy Spirit had awoken um, some things inside of me that needed to be healed. I had a history of childhood sexual abuse uh, and a lot of messages that created lies, losses and distortions in my life that needed to be addressed um, in the presence of Jesus for me to fully heal and to be able to move forward. But in that season of discontentment, there were over three years that I just didn't really see God. And I'm not sure people knew how to mentor me through that. I would get the typical spiritual or, um, cliches of, oh, you just have to trust and God is real, the problem is yours, and, and on and on it went. And so, um, eventually came out of that depression and started to ask the Lord, if you're really there and I can really have a personal relationship with you, where it feels like I can sit down and have a cup of coffee with you, just like I do with my girlfriends, I'm all in. Otherwise, I know I have my ticket to heaven because I believe in you, but this just, it feels like there should be so much more. And so I think that was the question that was answered in Stop Six. My season of spiritual discontentment was, God, can I have a real personal relationship? And his answer came in Stop Seven um, when he used what was awakening in me, um, episodic memories. He took me back to actually start to heal, not through counseling. I had done tons of counseling. I actually am a trained counselor but actually through being in the presence of the Lord um, to actually heal some of the things that were so painful for me. And so stop seven is just such an important place because it's a place where God really addresses those wounds on the inside. Um, and so it, it breaks my heart as Steve and I have worked with people uh, through the ministry and realize that only 7% of Christians make it here to actually do the deep dive to address that brokenness because we are so full of all the reasons why we shouldn't even look at those wounds on the inside. Um, and I think it just creates so many distortions. For example, I would have told you back in my 30s that I fully had made it, that I loved others and people would have said I loved well. Um, and that I had a profound love for God and that I was fully surrendered. But in all honesty, I talked the walk, but didn't walk the walk where it really mattered. Um, I realized that I didn't get obedience until I submitted and actually started to be obedient and felt like a crazy fool most of the time because sometimes God asks you to do things that are just crazy and you absolutely do not want to do them. And I think as he walked me through that journey of obedience to be obedient, even when I didn't understand and when it really contradicted what I wanted, um, major change came in my life. Uh, I would say hallmarks of my life in my thirties were God, here's what I'm doing. Join me. And I had no concept of follow God and what he's doing. And my job is to line up with him. So I had a world that was really, really dominated by my own needs and desires. 
The other thing, when I looked, um, saw the stops and realized I thought I manifested the fruit of the spirit of my life, but a lot of it was just a synthetic fruit. Um, you know, the branches can't tell the tree to bear fruit if the roots are not deep down in and bringing up all the nourishment from the soil. And so I think as Christians, we fake it. Oftentimes our poser self comes on to fake the fruit of the spirit. For me as a woman, if you know me, I am a warrior. I am an Enneagram 8, so I am a challenger. I do not come into anyone's presence quietly. Um, and the fact that Christians, especially Christian women, were supposed to be meek was a huge challenge to me and my identity. Um, I tried to change myself. I tried to fake meekness, which I, I actually interpreted as being very quiet um, and being the ultimate woman. And the funny thing was when I embraced my true self through this journey, God said, no, I made you to be a warrior. I made you to go in and challenge um, injustices and things in a very loud way, which is not with a lack of humility, but it is with a strong voice. And so just realizing how much of my life had been to even posing the fruit of the spirit, I had developed a belief that I was a stop 10 person. But when I started to do this journey, I realized there's a whole different way that um, the biggest thing about these 10 stops is the surrendering, understating the spiritual discontentment, which is the way it is and what it yields for us deep in the center of who we are, um, which should be the joy that actually allowed Jesus to endure the cross, this deep, deep centering with God where we fully reside with him um, and not outside our bodies. We reside inside in this spirit realm where we are strengthened so that the world cannot change our will and our emotions by driving us um, from the flesh it's a journey to learn how to live there. And through that journey, personal brokenness, stop seven is addressed, surrender is possible, and you start to live in stop nine, a profound intimacy and love with God. And that redefines you. Your true self thrives in that. Um, and out of that becomes a profound love for humanity. So I, I think uh, just kind of in conclusion, hopefully that wasn't too much, um, Steve and I just have such a heart to get people past stop five for people who are stuck in stop six to say that's actually a beautiful thing to grab a hold of because it's part of the journey um, and to not use cliches and things that would say it's not okay to be there but to actually use that instead of exiting um, the church exiting relationships with God to use it to propel people forward to true transformation, which is doing a deep dive with God um, that obviously from the research is just, nobody's teaching people how to do that. I, I think for me, had I have heard the language, I probably would have addressed things earlier. This was just unknown to me because I grew up in a very fundamentalist home and thought it was all about works and cleaning up on the outside and what other people didn't see on the inside didn't really matter. Thank you for letting me join you. Um, please, you can see the graphic on our website. If you have questions, you're certainly welcome to reach out to us uh, through the website and we will get back to you. Bless you on your journey and I'm so grateful to be able to be a part of that here through Embracing Brokenness. Well, thanks, Kyle. I appreciate your 
joining me today. It's been a pleasure to have you. We'll be doing more of this. It's not just a once and done thing. We have a lot more we would like to share with you, not just on this 10-stop transformational journey, but even some practical tools that you can use. If you're sitting in stop six and you're wondering, like, how do I get further in this journey? I, I would challenge you to, to begin to look at just some of the spiritual practices, some of the disciplines that you could get involved in, even if it's just quietly sitting with the Lord. How do you do that? There are plenty of tools on our website and our YouTube channel and other places to challenge you in that way. We've written about it in blogs and it's just a big part of our ministry. If you're going to go deeper into this journey, you must, must, must develop a, a deeper intimacy with God along the way. So once again, thanks, Carl. Appreciate you joining us today, folks, and God bless you. And we'll be back again real soon. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.